and welcome back. We are very comfortable in the very, very cold that is happening right now. There's like three inches of snow in November in Michigan. How's it in Montana, Seth? It's actually, there's no snow at the moment, and it's actually not that cold either. <laughs> oh my goodness. I, I don't know what happened. Yeah, but... you, you might be a little too close to the, to the West Coast, but this is episode four of Anime Sweater. Um, we're back doing what is supposed to eventually be a bi-monthly anime podcast, and it's a comfy, cozy podcast talking mostly about female-centered anime, and today is no exception. Uh, Soph, what are we talking about today? Talking about Princess Principal. Yes. Principal? Principal? Principal. It's, okay. It, it, it's still <laughs> pronounced Principal, even though it's spelled the same as Principal, because it's referring to a person as opposed to an idea. And this okay. case, the Principal... I was going to ask that. I wasn't yes. 100% sure which one it was referring to. And in this case the principal is the is the character that is supposed to be played as the is the it's also a term that's used for spies and this is a steampunk alternate pre-world 1 maybe post world war world war 1 England kind of Victorian era-ish more Edwardian. Yeah. So there are there are some significant style differences and also there's cars. So That's true. Um and this is ty- this is taking place in an alternate universe. Something that anime is really happy to do is do alternate twentieth uh, century settings, especially around World War One and World War Two, but also other kind of alternate things. And so instead of having England, we have the Kingdom of Albion, which is an ancient name for England, where this series takes place. That has been divided between two nations in London. Uh, London has actually been split in half into the Commonwealth and the Kingdom. And we follow the story of the, inter- the intertwined stories of five girls working as spies out of a girls' school. Um, not all of them are school-aged, and we'll get to that in a moment. <laughs> this is the fourth of the shows that I had recommended to you um, and sent you off to watch on your own. And this is kind of a unique show to talk about because this was one of the shows that was super hyped for Amazon's anime strike. Uh, extra platform when and when Amazon was charging people extra money to watch anime on its anime strike platform that failed miserably because I don't think anyone but me was paying for it never heard of it <laughs> and they just folded it right into prime after a little while and after a couple of years of princess principal being available on prime only uh, it is now available on high res or hi, excuse me high dive where you watched it high res is a game company High Dive is an anime company. Um, and it is is pretty solid uh, series. It's it's done by Studio uh, 3HZ and uh, Atex. It's directed by Masaki Ta- uh, Tachibana. I don't have anything else for Masaki Tanibacha, but it's also written by Ichiro uh, Okuchi. And Ichiro Okuchi has a ton of of credits um did episodic screenplay for razafon and wolf's reign uh for uh stelvia uh eureka seven these are all big titles that you've never watched um <laughs> some of them you don't need to watch serious composition and the screenplay for devilman crybaby which is definitely something that we'll be talking about and 
Um, the odd thing on this, and again, something that probably should be watched, is uh, serious composition and screenplay for Azamanga Dayo. Azamanga Dayo is one of the first cute girls doing things cutely. Uh, Slice of Life shows came out in 2002 based off of the uh, uh, four coma manga of the same t- of the same uh, name. It's probably the quintessential slice of life show from the early aughts and definitely worth watching. Um, and so there's a lot of pedigree kind of coming into this. It also has a soundtrack by Yuki Kaijura. Yuki, Ka- Yuki, Yuki uh, Kaijura is famous for doing anime soundtracks to shows people don't like. I really enjoyed the opening credits, actually, oh. the song. Yeah, the opening credits are are fantastic, but Yuki Kaidra has some some big name credits on her on her uh list, but a lot of these are credits that people don't like. Uh she, uh I'm a big fan of noir. I I understand why people aren't. Uh I love the soundtrack noir. <clears throat> don't like that show. But she also did uh, Madlax, and she also did Mahime and Mayatome and Dot Hack Sign and uh, Fate Zero, and she did most recently the um, uh, the soundtrack to Demon Slayer uh, Kimitsu no Yaiba. But she also has uh, uh, Puella Magi Madoka Magica, which is one of the best series of the last 11, 12 years on her list. But, you know, also Sword Art Online, which a lot of terrible people like, which I loathe and despise. So everyone likes her music and what she does with her music. Uh, even people who dot hack sign, and again, I get why people don't like this show, they like the music. Even people who don't like noir, they like the music. Because Yugi Kaidra soundtracks are thrilling, amazingly good. Um, and she writes, uh, she writes in, in, in this very kind of dark orchestral, uh, vein. And that just suits a lot of things. And the opening sequence to Princess Principal is an amazing sequence that tells you everything you need to know about what the show you're going to watch, but doesn't give anything away. Yeah. So, uh, this is a series that's just. It's oozing with style. It's oozing with class. The opening sequence is in English, so it's something that you kind of watch and you think this is definitely meant for a Western audience. It's set in early 20th century Europe, so on and so forth. There's a whole lot of stuff mixed into here, and it's full of intrigue and spying and all that good stuff. So what did you think when you figured out where it was going? What are some of your first impressions for the show? My first impressions are a little different from my later impressions. I initially, I, I'm a sucker for the steampunk style. So I was like in right away. And I also really love the style of the characters, Ange in particular, like a girl in a top hat. Sign me up. Um, um, the, you are easy. I girls am king, easy. Girls kinging is all it takes. <laughs> um. But it took me a little while to get into, like, the actual story, and I'm still not sure I 100% understand the story. I, I like where the character arcs went over the course of it, but it took me until it was the train episode. 
Mm-hmm. That was where I really like hooked into the the story, I think, uh, for the characters. So while I love the characters throughout the whole series, the story took me a little while to warm up to. And that's understandable because this story is told out of order. And I would argue it's told out of order for a reason. Because if you told it completely in order, it would give up too much too early. So the story starts with, with what is was chronologically episode six and case number 13, Wired Liar, which has all the girls together uh, working a case together. The next two episodes are case one and two. And it's before the full team has actually been assembled. In fact, the full team doesn't get assembled until K7, which is the train episode that you just mentioned, where we meet uh, Chise. And Chise, uh, spoilers, motherfuckers, um, Chise is forced to kill her father in one of the most touching and horribly tear-jerking things, where she, sh- where early in in the episode, she shows a kid how to forget their pain by doing a simple gesture and, and, and making a, and, and doing a say saying about it to make the pain go away. Something that her father taught her. And then at the end of the episode, she stands up for her father's grave, does the same thing to try and make her pain go away after having to kill her father, who is a competing assassin. The show full of uh, not really great dads, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, as is typical for these kinds of shows as you can expect in a lot of these things and it's not all the male characters are terrible but the ones that are are really really terrible and Chisei has a great fish out of water story uh, later involving the uh, uh, involving a duel with other students which uh, the princess uses to run a covert op on so just lots of really great intertwined character development in with the storytelling and the whole story really is the prince and the pauper but told better yeah this was definitely a a part that really stood out to me the moment when they revealed that Anj and the princess were switched and how that happened I really enjoyed that episode and also it- Angela's Angela's reaction to it later on where she's like, It for as hard as it was on me, think about how hard it was for Charlotte, yeah. who was in a castle where everyone thought she was a princess and would have been executed if she had ever she let had to on. Learn. Yeah. hmm And then then Charlotte throws herself just completely into the reality of the situation and just how difficult the whole thing has been and Ange of course trying to get back to save her and so much so that we're going to call Ange Ange and Charlotte Charlotte and not reverse their names as would be proper um yeah. I mean that's what they're referred to in in the series so yeah they even though she's not actually princess Charlotte you know it could be argued yeah they're actually reversed but it doesn't really matter um so this is a this is a show that oozes character, oozes style. Every character you see is fully developed, fully realized, um, and every villain is threatening in different ways. And the things that the girls can do are all kind of really built in. So let's talk a little bit about the characters. We've already touched on your absolute adoration of Ange, 
Um, we, we've touched on it. We haven't dive into haven't, it deeply. Haven't gotten into the. So one of the things I also liked a lot about this show, that which is different from any of the ones we've watched before, is it's an action show. Mm-hmm. So she gets to do cool, badass, like kind of magic stuff, but it's like actiony, like flying between airships and just being badass. And I, I really like that about her. Yeah, and there's some steampunk science that isn't very well explained, nor does it have to be. It's basically a MacGuffin, and it's okay, because you're allowed to have one lie in science fiction. Yeah. And so there's this chemical that allows people to have powers, but also can destroy their bodies, yada, yada, yada. It's not a big deal. If that's the thing you're focused on, you're watching the wrong show. It's not important. <laughs> Just accept that there is sci-fi bullshit happening. Um, you don't need, you know, for, for any Star Trek fans out there, you don't need to know how the warp core works to understand how the ship moves from place to place. Okay, you just don't. If you want to understand how the warp core works, then you're a turbo nerd in some turbo nerd shit, and you're probably reading too much Robert Heinlein, and we don't want to talk to you. Agreed. Yeah, just just <laughs> like you know, and I'm 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 often accused of overthinking shit, but sometimes just let the cigar be a fucking cigar. Um, Charlotte, but anyway, yeah, yeah. So yeah, Anj, Anj is is. Very much the the uh, the focus. She is she is lying all the time. She's also revealing truth, and she is accepted what her life is. She's not bitter about it. She's still very much in in with Charlotte and wanting them to be able to run away together. That's the whole thing. But Charlotte, as she has come to accept her role, is very much involved in in becoming a confederate against her family to take over the crown and to reunify the kingdom. So yeah, I really loved that Charlotte took on that mission of Anja's to heart to reunite the kingdom cuz that was like the last thing Anja ever said to Charlotte was I want to unite the our people and bring them together and Charlotte took that on, even though she wasn't trained to be a princess or a diplomat, she took that on as her main goal as well. And that was really touching. And again, just how much Charlotte had to do to go undetected and pass and how much she had to learn. Um, and then we get to the most fun character of the show. We've already talked about her a little bit, Dorothy. <laughs> Dorothy's nuts. Dorothy is nuts. She is she her mother died. Her father was abusive uh and drunken. And Dorothy is is showing some of those traits of being the child of an alcoholic but also being again a total badass most of the time and and doing it in a very femme fatale way, which is the way she's her type of character is often um, described as she is 20 years old and enjoying being an undercover student. Weirdo. Even though, even though they repeatedly call her out for looking like she's older than she she should be in school. Yep. Uh, and she's she's basically the driver and and the sniper of the group. Um, Beatrice is an interesting character. Um, she's had a a, a device implanted in her throat. That allows her to mimic people's voices. Um, 
as because she was used as a test as a test for her father's experiments. She really has massive unrequited love for Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte only has eyes for Ange. Yeah, I mean the the, the lesbian overtones of this show are like dripping everywhere. Indeed, which which is true for all the shows that we've we've talked about so far. There are overtones, undertones everywhere, and it's and you know it's me. I'm reviewing shows. If you've seen my Twitter, I'm super gay. Thanks for asking. Okay. <laughs> um, and and so almost every show we're going to be talking about is, is going to have some gayness to it. And this one is just the reason why I was watching it is because I was when I when I saw the the preview for the show, I'm like, this is either going to be straight up Yuri or it's going to be Yuri bait. And either way, I have to watch it to find out. Turns out, straight up Yuri, um, because again, Ange and Charlotte are looking to run away together, and. You can argue that point with me if you want to. You're going to lose the fight. And then we get to Chisei, who we've already talked about, who is an exchange student and an assassin who joins the uh, group uh, after uh, having to protect uh, an ambassador from her father and having to kill him in the process. Uh, Chisei has the standard uh, fish-out-of-water story you usually get with an exchange student. and it's a common trope, I think, in a lot of Anglophile anime, and there's more of it than you would think. There's a huge, huge obsession with uh, both both England and France in uh, Japanese comics and popular culture and anime. Really? Yep, you'll see a lot of it. Uh, we'll we'll touch on more of it as we go through. Um, but the entirety of like. 70s shoujo, the Showa 24 era, all those women were huge Francophiles, like big freaking Francophiles, which is why you get uh, comics and shows like Rose of Versailles, um, which is the most obvious one, but it's not the only one. So you have this kind of, I I don't want to call Chisei a a Mary Sue, but she kind of is. She's kind of the stand-in for the Japanese audience. Uh, to feel like there's something there for them to identify with in this foreign land, and it works. She she fits in she fits in naturally, and the entire show is just this whole series of cases that slowly builds towards explaining the overall mission until we get to the very end. Now, you said that you had some trouble with the plot. I would argue you got the plot probably as good as they were going to give it to you. Because we don't get all the cases. We get 12 episodes, and we know there are at least 24 cases. And we only got 12 of them. And so the rest of the cases, we don't get to see. So there's stuff that's purposely left out. And this is a show that's not really about the plot, but rather a show that's about what is happening with these girls who are trying to survive in this environment where they're caught in the conflict and control is very much using them in order to get what they want out of it. Um, the show ends one of my favorite endings of a show with the girls taking the vacation in Casablanca. Yeah, that was a cute scene. It was very cute. Um, and knowing they're going to be getting another mission, 
at the time the show was done, there wasn't a guarantee that there was going to be any more. This was supposed to be kind of a one-shot. It's not really based on anything else. There's no, um, there's no manga for it before the show came out. There's a manga that came out after it, uh, but it was a one-shot released in November. And then shortly after the success of the show, they announced there would be six additional films, only the first of which has been released because, you know, fuck you, COVID. Now, Princess Principal Crown Handler, we have not watched. I have not watched it. You have not watched it. We might watch it later and review it. But we know there's five more movies coming. So it's going to be its own kind of media franchise. And hopefully it'll be, it'll be interesting uh, as it goes. And the staff and the, the cast are all returning to reprise their roles, which is always a good thing. So that's the show in a nutshell. Why did I pick this to give to Soph? Because <laughs> it oozes style and has girls kicking ass, okay? <laughs> it's really simple. I do enjoy girls kicking ass. Yeah, and it, and it, and it's so much it, it's so much easy goodness. At the same time, it's not a simple story. You're kind of you're kind of teased about Charlotte and Ange in episode 2. You're actually teased about it a little bit at the end of episode one. And it's slowly, slowly revealed throughout. And so there are bits and pieces. You're kind of drip-fed the the backstory and the point to the future that's going to go. As you finish the show, Seth, yeah. what 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 did you what did you end up feeling? What were some of the things that you wanting to do? Well, I actually really wanted to go watch the, like, see where the story went from there, just because the characters are so fun to watch. So I'd be really interested in watching the the new movies when they come out, for sure. Just because it's fun to see them running around, kicking ass. <laughs> um, yeah, that's... Were you able to watch this in a go, or did it, did you have to stop and start this? Well, I watched the first episode and like a while back. And like the first two or three I watched like really spaced out. And then like a, a week or two ago, I got back into it and just kinda mainlined all the all the episodes. Yes, anime is a drug. <laughs> yeah. So it just took me a little while to cut to to get into the episodes. And that's one of the problems of the way in which the show is structured, because you start with episode six and you go backward to episode one. Yeah. And then you get to the end and you're at, you're episode 24 and you've only seen 12 episodes. Yeah. I think the, the first episode when I came back was the one where they went to the ball, and I think it's where Ange and Charlotte first met again. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not sure about the time, but I think it's where they like got like met each other again for the first time after they had been split apart. I'm not, yeah. Is that right? Well, that would be episode two, but yes, that would be the ball. Okay. So, uh, and, and they they actually meet. Uh, at the school, because Ange attends the school and then yeah. goes to the ball with Dorothy. Yeah. 
So, um, and the princess is already aware that Ange and Dorothy are spies and offers to work with them become, if, if they help her become queen of the kingdom, so on and so forth. So, Ange, of course, is tipping her hand to Charlotte because she passes Charlotte a note that Dorothy doesn't see. So, Ange and Charlotte are wanting, running their own con inside of what's happening with Control. Because um, Ange does not care about Control. Ange does not care about reuniting the kingdom anymore. Charlotte does now. But Ange only cares about Charlotte. And is only there for Charlotte. Um, and that, again, is reflected in the opening, where the opening shows you everything you need to know and spoils nothing. And then we get to the end of the series. And Charlotte refuses to let Ange take her place and decides to uh, continue in uh, her thing as... She poses as Ange, so yeah. yeah. And I don't and then, think Ange wants to go back and be the princess. She just wants Charlotte no. to run away with her. <laughs> no, but Ange was trying to get Charlotte to run away with her then, and Charlotte said, "No, if I do that, they're going to come after us. So I'm going to pretend to be you, and and be the fake princess when I'm the real princess, who's actually the fake princess." And then Charlotte has to storm a rescue. Uh, for Ange, and Dorothy is on a second is on a second separate mission, so on and so forth, and there's a whole bunch of stuff going. Um, it it's just intense. There's a lot of political intrigue. There's a lot of stuff going on, and it's definitely a show that's worth watching. It's also, again, as I said before, a show that uses style. And one of the first criticisms that comes of the show is that it is style over substance. And I think there's some, I think there's some uh, uh, truth to that. I think the show does rest a lot on its steampunk look. I think the show rests a lot on its characters, and I think that for that reason, some of the some of the story suffers for that. Yeah, the political intrigue stuff I really could not follow. Like I knew there are people. You know, on different sides, but I didn't know why they're on different sides, or you know what exactly the difference was. It does so. suck that both sides are sensibly English, yeah, <laughs> and that London is divided in half. So it's really hard to tell. It's really okay. hard to tell what's what's going on politically. I didn't really um, follow that part, so yeah. And it's not very well explained. A, the story could have been a more well explained, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, and so there's, there's, there's an accurate, there's an accurate, uh, um, style over substance, I think, criticism of this. But at the same time, I think the style is so good and the characters are so likable and interesting, or in the case of the villains, so detestable and multifaceted. They're not, they're not badly written villains. They're not just mustache trolling assholes. Um, so we do have a lot going on here that's, that's interesting. So, as you were, 
as we were finishing this up. And this is going to be a pretty short episode. Because, again, it's a 12-episode series. There's not a lot to talk about here <laughs> without spoiling the whole thing. We've already spoiled a lot for you. Um, the, the, the cases are pretty episodic. There is a bit of stuff going on that runs through it. Basically, Control is testing the girls um, over and over again. And, again, a lot of this is... Charlotte and Ange and Dorothy all running different things. And Ange very kind of uh, lying all the time to the point that she she's not even sure when she's lying when she's telling the truth. In some ways. So. And that's, that's Princess Principle, which, again, you should definitely seek out. And there's a lot here that's worth your time there's a lot here that's interesting but i will say that if you didn't like a show like noir you're probably not gonna like this either you're probably gonna gonna be in the this is style over substance crowd character driven drama and action isn't your thing and you want the story to make more clear sense and that's fine i like muddled stories i think they're more fun and I well, like I, to me the characters are the most interesting. That that's the most important part for me. Mm-hmm. And art is so. subjective, and how we and how react we react to it subjectively is important. Um, I think the character designs are great. I think the I think the the uniforms and the the battle outfits they wear are amazingly good. Yeah. Um. And again, like I said, I'm going to keep saying it. It oozes style. It oozes style. It oozes good music. It's just everything that you want out of this, out, that you want out of the girls' action shows here, including lesbians. Because it's pretty gay. In case we haven't mentioned it, it's pretty gay. <laughs> We're going to be reviewing a lot of gay shit on this podcast. If you don't like that, go somewhere else. Go listen to fucking Anime Pulse and their homophobic bullshit for the rest of your life. I don't care. Um, yeah, I just called out Ichigo and Bato because they're a bunch. They're a couple of homophobes. Go fuck yourselves. They're not going to hear the show. I don't really care what they think. <laughs> um, that's a that's a that's a feud going back sixteen years. <sighs> Won't talk we'll about have that to anytime take a word soon. Word for that one. Yeah, I don't even know that show is still running. So, <laughs> so I don't really care. They sucked. Um, but this is this is a this is a great show for just kind of it's a popcorn flick. It's a good popcorn flick. Absolutely. You'll have, you'll have a good time with it. So uh do you have any uh last things to say about Princess Principle before we move on with ending the show? Ange in a top hat. That's all. Just think Ange about in a that. Top hat. Andre teasing everybody with everything and just like yeah. to get what she wants.
Yep. Dorothy Geary and now Princess Principal. We've also only watched things that are female-focused with female main characters. We're going to do something a little different. No. We're going to go back <laughs> to the 1980s, and we're going to watch the classic OVA, Riding Bean, which still has really strong, awesome female characters. Okay. We're not going to watch anything with like weak female characters. That, that won't be happening. But we're going to be watching... A show that is that is kind of the transporter before the transporter was actually made, only better than the transporter and weirder because for some reason Chicago has mountains. Don't ask. We'll explain next time. So, and what's going to happen differently with this is that Soph and I are actually going to watch Riding Bean together. It's only about forty-five minutes long, and we're going to watch it over Discord. And then we're going to talk about it uh, after she's had some time to digest it. And for those of you who have already seen this, or for those of you who have listened to Anime World Order shot-by-shot recounting of what happens in Writing Bean, which is great. They get drunk and eat pizza and do a shot-by-shot recounting of Writing Bean. <laughs> um, this is not going to be anything new, but I think it's important to understand that anime comes in lots of flavors and varieties, and there's a whole history to it. And the OVA is kind of a bit of a lost art form from the 80s and 90s, where some of the really interesting stuff that was happening was being done in these very short, not quite movie forms, but either single or multiple episodes of about 30 to 45 minutes, and maybe one to eight total episodes. We're not going to review all of the great OVAs, but certainly... Uh, Writing Bean, probably Project Echo, um, and a couple of other uh, real classics. And then we'll get into some other stuff. Uh, some more things that are going to happen with this show is that at some point, Soph is going to pick an anime blind for us to watch. Oh, She's dear. not going to watch it. I'm not going to have watched it. And we will have other people come on as well to talk about the, the shows. If you have suggestions for things that we should cover that are interesting, Co uh, comfy cozy and full of strong women because that's what we want then you know let us know and with that we'll go ahead and bring the show to an end uh you can follow the show on twitter at anime sweater pod because we didn't get anime sweater someone already had it and you can follow the hosts you can follow sofa shea at least at 3325 so what do you got going on Oh, well, I'm excited to venture into this new uh, era of anime. I'm a little scared, but see how it goes. What What about the date you had last night? <laughs> Do you think people ever get sick of me talking about my seven Korean boyfriends? I was trying no. to not bring it up on purpose because I thought people might be sick of it. But... No one's ever going to get sick of it. Everyone's jealous that you're the one who's dating who's dating BTS. Yeah, everybody should be jealous of me. I'm pretty great. And everyone else, everyone else stay away from BTS. They belong to Soph. Exactly. They're her <laughs> boys. You can find me at Anne underscore Elise. That's Anne with an E. Uh, I'm not tweeting much because I'm still working two jobs. And you can find the other shows we do. Um, we do a Heroes of the Storm podcast called Q for Fun, which you can find at Q for Fun. Uh, 
we're currently off this week. We're going to come back next week, maybe with a guest, maybe not. Tune in and find out. And you can uh, follow uh, you, you can follow our our pro wrestling show at uh, Ann Emily Pod, which is Ann and Emily wrestle wrestle a podcast, uh, which we just released episode twelve for, and talked about how every Thanksgiving gimmick ever is horrible. And Emily ruled on what was the worst Thanksgiving gimmick of all time. And it's not a surprise what she chose. Have to anyone... listen to the show to find out. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyone who, anyone who knows about Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving gimmicks and pro wrestling, one particular gimmick comes to mind immediately. And yes, of course, that's the one that Emily ruled was the worst ever. Um, so we'll let that go there. Uh, there's more stuff coming from us down the road. We've got some plans for some other things, but I also want to pimp out uh, Wicked Kitten's new podcast, Gore Podcast, which you can find at Gore Podcast on Twitter, and you can find it on Spotify and all your major major podcasting apps. I was listening to episode four of the Gore Podcast where they're talking about killer clowns from outer space, which, you know, I just assume all clowns are from outer space and all clowns are killers. Fun fact, Sean dressed up as a clown from Killer Clowns from Outer Space for Halloween this year. Ooh. <laughs> Synergy between content. So Indeed. definitely go listen to our other shows and the shows of our friends. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks to talk about Riding Bean. And with that, uh, Soph, do you have a tagline? No, I don't. Not even Andrew in a top hat? Oh, well, I already said that a couple times, but it's worth repeating, I suppose. Yep. Stay comfy, stay cozy, watch some anime, and bundle up if you're in the Midwest, because it's fucking cold outside. Indeed. Stay cozy. Bye.